Premier Danielle Smith, as you know, has promised to never again impose any kinds of restrictions or mandates on the unvaccinated. She's offered a full apology to the vaccinated, unvaccinated on behalf of a government that, well, she had nothing to do with uh, at the time. Uh, she's promised to explore her options for undoing any penalties that people may have been given for violating the province's public health restrictions. It's led to a lot of questions. Can she do that? What can she do? Um, is probably the fairer question. So to find out, we're going to chat now with Lisa Silver, University of Calgary Associate Law Professor. Lisa, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Good morning, Shay. Okay, so I'm not completely clear on exactly what it is the Premier wants to try and do, um, be it pardons, uh, fine forgiveness. First of all, let's just, what is the law? In, what powers does a Premier have when it comes to, you know, pardoning people convicted of crimes, forgiving fines how much power does she really have in this area right so that is a really good question i mean the premier used the word pardon she did but what does she really mean by that i mean does she want to forgive the convictions for the breaches of the health orders does she want to remit the fines what does she want to do and what can she do well when it comes to the law typically you need authority or some source of your power to do certain things within the justice system. And so when I looked into, well, what exactly could the premier do? And and by the way, she she did say that she's going to seek yeah, uh, yeah. legal advice, which I think is the best thing to do, um, because, uh, you know, it, it can be complicated. So first I looked at, well, what... What has the province done in the past? And uh, what I found was old, legis- old pieces of legislation. And so I want to make it clear that the authority usually has to flow from a piece of legislation, which is written law, that okay. goes through the legislature, right? I mean, you can't just say, I'm going to do this. There has to be that 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 source. Okay, so that's a key and distinction, because uh, I think a lot of us think, you know, like the United States, yeah. we know the presidents can just issue a pardon, and that's it. You're no longer convicted. Right. We do not have that system in Canada. No, we don't. Okay. And, and we are very much, even though we are what we can call a common law jurisdiction, meaning you know, laws that are created over time and by use and and uh, authorized by the courts, we still are very statutory. So we look to what is written down, and that means, again, that it goes through when it's a province, it goes through the legislature, it gets drafted, uh, it gets reviewed. So I thought, well, let me look and see, is there any authority available in legislation? So from what I could tell, and again, you know, I did I did a very quick look, um, and I would assume that the lawyers giving advice will do a deeper yeah. one. But there was, back in the 40s, a 1942 Fines and Penalties Act, where the lieutenant governor and council... So I want to make it clear, it's a power that flows through the lieutenant governor. Um, and, of course, like lieutenant governor and council, uh, you know, obviously the lieutenant governor gets their um, ideas of, by the government, but typically it's a minister of justice. Uh, but the lieutenant governor and council back then could remit any fine penalty. So remit means you cancel payment. So that was there, mm-hmm. um, and the advice to do that flowed through what what we used to have two 
separate positions, the Minister of Justice and the Attorney General, and now they are one. And the Attorney General really was the official legal advisor of the Lieutenant Governor. Uh, and, you know, the Attorney General would be able to consider applications for remission. So you see how that okay. would work. Yeah. You know, you'd get advice that would go. And by the way, under that act, uh, the Lieutenant Governor and Council would have to give a detailed report of all the fines they remitted to the legislative authority. So lots of checks and balances yeah. there. So it can be done, but it's going to take some mm-hmm. s- some work, and it's actually going to have to be... I guess the key distinction, um, Lisa, is it, it, the Premier can't just do it on her own. It's going to require right. a lot more people being involved. Yeah, absolutely. And and so that's just fine remission. I mean, if you're talking about pardons, yeah. that, that means something else. Um, and that, again, I looked at, well... Where can I draw an analogy? The federal government. So the federal government, through the criminal code, uh, there is this special royal prerogative of mercy. Yep, yep. So it's very special, exceptional. It's federal government only. Um, and uh, the government can act in certain ways. But again, it's exceptional. It's the rare cases where there are humanitarian reasons, substantial injustice, not for people who are suffering normal consequences of an imposed sentence. And there's different levels to that too, Shay. So if you recall, cannabis, right? Yes. Um, when it came to cannabis, the federal government brought in legislation that provided no-cost expedited record suspensions for simple possession of cannabis. That's all it was. Okay. Because people had criminal records. We don't have that with provincial offenses, by the way. There's no criminal records. Okay, gotcha. Um, last one here, and then I'll let you go. A um, yep. lot of people starting to say this is political interference that we don't want to see. We don't want politicians dipping their toes into which laws we're going to, you know, enforce and mm-hmm. punish. And uh, is there any legal statutes, as you say, it's all, I mean, what does the precedent say about politicians getting involved with enforcement of laws? Well, all I can say, and again, I just looked at, well, if this can be done, how do you do it? Uh, But what I can say is that typically legislation flows from public policy, right? Mm -hmm. Public policy is, of course, a government uh, authority or purview, uh, you know, it's up to them to create public policy, but they don't, again, they don't just create that. Public policy is typically uh, connected to their priorities as the government, which is then connected to uh, societal need and cons- consensus. So, you know, the question is, uh, you know, does this kind of legislation fit government priorities? Does it reflect who we are as uh, an Alberta society? Right, yeah. And and as we said, a, a lot of this will, will have to require an act of legislation, which means it will have to go through yeah. the legislature, so, um, you know, Absolutely. our elected officials will have a chance to weigh in on it. Yeah, both opposition and uh, yeah. the government. Exactly, and that's that's the way the system's supposed to work. Lisa, great insight. Thank you so much for joining us.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.